Chapter 2 I met Anna when I was twenty, and I was her friend, or whatever you decide to call it, for a little more than a year. Also, during most of that time, her boss. We were working at a weekly newspaper in a small town in central North Dakota. The town of Shannon was positioned at the spot in our national geography where the Midwest becomes the West. Distances expand, the sky gains dominance over the earth and the wind arrives unimpeded from beyond the sear edge of the world, a herald of how vast and empty it really is. The Shannon Sentinel had a full-time staff of three, the editor, the assistant editor, and the sports editor, along with a collection of older women who performed part-time jobs. It was run by Art and Louise Shoemaker, the couple who owned the print shop in back, which was the part of the business that actually made money. I had taken the job as the sports editor after dropping out of college one semester short of graduating. My last act on campus had been to tear the phone number of the Sentinel off an advertisement for the job pinned to the bulletin board of the university newspaper, where I had been working as a student editor. My inability to finish school so close to the end was the result of the distraction caused by a girl who had realized quite correctly that she would be better off without me and a host of lesser factors, not the least of which was that I had grown up on college campuses, my parents were both teachers, and it suddenly felt intolerable that I should spend one more day in the company of the stately red brick, manicured lawns, and vaguely indolent springtime air of the state university, where I had more or less stopped attending classes anyway. So I drove out to Shannon, and, blessed with the confidence that comes from not caring, got the job. The town had 4,532 people, a factory on the edge of town that manufactured bomb parts for a multinational corporation headquartered in Dallas, towering silver grain elevators along the railroad tracks, and, in a nondescript one-story brick building on the far end of Main Street, the office of the Shannon Sentinel. The newsroom was in front, visible through a plate-glass window to anyone wandering down the sidewalk. It wasn't much of a newsroom, three metal desks pushed together in the center of the room, another two along the wall. There was a counter by the door, as if we were a dry cleaner's or a bait shop, and when someone came in, one of the older women stood up and took their classified ad, or announcement of the Knudsen or Payne family reunion, or simply stood and chatted about the day's news, which often seemed to be the only point of the visit. I had one of the desks in the center of the room, But during my days as the Sentinel's sports editor, and only actual sports writer, I spent little time at it. My job was to cover the high school teams in the county, and I worked mostly at night. I'd taken an apartment above a bank, two blocks from the paper, that had once been a doctor's or dentist's office. You entered through a narrow hallway that led to the other rooms, each behind a heavy wooden door with a frosted glass window on one of which you could still faintly make out the name of Dr. Neil Epstein. I had a bedroom, a bath, and a living room slash kitchenette, with a sink, stove, and a few cabinets along the inside wall. Oddly enough, the apartment had no refrigerator. Large, old-fashioned casement windows looked out onto the Buffalo Bar across Main Street. The bar's red neon sign, the name written in cursive letters intended to look as if they had been formed by a lasso, 
reflected faintly along the bottom of the windows in both the bedroom and living room. The rest of the street was desolate at night. Plate glass and locked storefronts, the empty sidewalks, the dull gray of a worn tombstone. The bar was where I ended up eating most evenings. I knew no one in town, and it was often late when I got home. There was a pool table in back, and I played one of the old men who seemed to live at the buff, and went back to my apartment sometime before closing. I wasn't actually old enough to drink legally in North Dakota, but they knew I was working for the newspaper, and nobody thought to ask. I have slept poorly or not at all since I can remember. As any insomniac can tell you, there is a perfect stillness and sense of emptiness that comes very late, when you have worried about all the things you can worry about, when the house has settled in for the night, and even the stray barking dog has given up and is balefully eyeing the duplicitous...